This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. I'm Who a hustler, baby? Hustler? Yeah. yeah. Come on, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I would eventually get y'all, man. Uh, it's uh, two. Pr- and let me do this correctly. Let me open this up correctly. It's all part of the game. <clears throat> hey, two uh, pros and a cup of Joe. Just gonna Fox mess it Sports up, Radio. We, well, we thought, was having a real OG mo- moment, right? You just gonna mess it up with well, the hey? Uh, huh? I thought we were uh, uh, past the uh, the groovy part. Oh, we were uh, okay. on to something right. else. So, uh, it's all good, uh, man. Yeah, listen, you know, I you mean, gotta uh, do what makes you feel good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just gotta gotta get that out early in the Go morning. Go do it one more time for him. There you go. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. It's LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can listen to this show on the iHeartRadio app. You can also find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever the hell you are making us a part of your Wednesday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We will take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here on FSR. We are approaching the final week of the regular season in the NFL. Uh, Teams uh, already acknowledging that they are out that they are finished that they are done uh, just teams huh? yeah just, just teams are acknowledging and, that? and some players in particular some quarterbacks who've acknowledged that they are done uh, and one of those quarterbacks would be uh, Baker Mayfield uh, who is now electing to have surgery obviously dealing with the shoulder injury that he's been nursing uh, throughout the course of the majority of the season uh, but he is going to have the surgery ASAP he's going to be out this Sunday against Cincinnati and uh, I gotta be honest with you I just don't get it uh, there's one game left. They were eliminated on Monday night, and he still played. Uh, Brady, I, I can't make sense of why this would be the move that he would need to opt out or or be done with the regular season a game early as opposed to going out there with his guys. Uh, so when this initially came out, my first thought was, well, then why did he play Monday night if they were already eliminated going into that game? Now, the reason being would be he prepared the entire time to be the starter. He'd really be putting – Case Keenum in a tough spot. He would have been putting his entire team in a tough spot because they were eliminated after the results of the games on Sunday. So kind of made some sense at that point that he would just go out, play the Monday Night Football game, and then elect to get this surgery. And I do wonder if they even had conversations before that game. But I'm with you. Like, what's a week? I mean, seriously, like, what's a week in the difference of him coming back from a non-throwing shoulder posterior labrum tear fix to, to what's going on there. So I, I, it doesn't make as much sense to me unless this is what's at play. Unless he feels or is getting signals from the team that maybe he's not going to be there next year. Oof. I mean, they picked up his fifth-year option. It's fully guaranteed. So they're on the books for the $18 million or so, whatever the number is, 18.9, something like that, which is, by the way, a very economical amount for a starting quarterback in the NFL, if you believe, you know, that's, you know, that's what he's going to be next year for the Cleveland Browns. But I do wonder if he decided to say, we've got one game left, but we're not going to the postseason. And I don't know what's going to happen right now with the team. So I'd rather sit here and take care of myself as opposed to putting myself back out there to get a win for this team where I don't know that they're not going to deal me and they're not going to send me elsewhere and try to make a trade or try to figure out how to upgrade at this position or replace me. So why shouldn't I look out for my best interest? Maybe that's what's playing out right now. Mm. Uh, you definitely have to protect yourself at this 
this point in time. I mean, I I think that that logic makes perfectly good sense. You you practice all week, you you finish out. Uh, in terms of what this looks like for his future, I think a lot is up in the air. They they grossly underachieved this season. No one would dispute that. Uh, how much of that falls on him internally? Uh, it may be very different than ex- external forces and how those things are being discussed. But why why risk it, right? Why why play another week when you could be getting yourself healed up and getting yourself uh, repaired for for your future? I mean, I think that it, it, for what it's worth, it's logical to say if I haven't gotten or received or redone my contract for a long term contract and I do have one more year left on my contract, then I should start preparing myself for next season. And if that means I'm going to be a part of this team next year, then you know what? I want to be as healthy as I can be going into the the summer, you know, the OTAs or the the mini camps, depending on how all that stuff goes with, with COVID or whatever. But I, I think that he's going to want to be – think about it this way, right, guys? If he plays well – if he were to play this upcoming week and he plays well, does that bode better in the long run than him coming and getting as healthy as he can for the upcoming preparation for next season, like the the mini camps and different things like that? You know, to me, if he's if he's still behind health wise during during the mini camps. Then that says that that sets off a red flag to the the guys that are making the decisions that you know maybe he's not going to be ready maybe he's not maybe we're going to have to go through an entire season again of Baker being hurt and being injured so I think that that he's making a logical decision here to try to get himself repaired and get as as healthy as he can. I just think it makes sense. I just, but it's just a week. Like I don't, I don't know. My thing is, can he hurt it anymore? Like if this was one thing to where it was his throwing shoulder, and and it was similar to a Drew Brees who got hurt regular season finale in San Diego, and it was there was questions about whether or not he could play again. You know, I, I could understand that. But if it's a non-throwing shoulder, he's been dealing with it majority of the year. To me, he would earn a lot of whether you want to say credibility, respect, whatever word you want to use, if he went out there acknowledging. Acknowledging, hey, we're out, but I'm not leaving you guys behind. We're going to go yeah, out there. We're going to yeah. do this together. And maybe I'm looking at it from, you know, just uh, sort of being a little bit but naive already, to it. He, but they already did that. He he has already done that. He has. He could have probably went and got that surgery long before now. Right, but I, I get what Jonas is saying. Is, is he saying he's kind of because he's competitive and he's doing it for his team and all that, that he's trying to stick it out? And, and now I guess their postseason, since those aspirations are done, it's like, well, now he's just going to throw in the towel in it. He's basically saying, like, pull a Matt Corral. Yeah, like, I mean, you're going to play in what is a meaningless game in the NFL. It's really only going to hurt their draft order, wherever, however this you know, season ends or where they end up. I mean, there's probably some Browns fans who are like, hey, we wouldn't mind losing this just so we end up in a spot where we're a little bit closer. It's not going to be a successful season anyway. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday. The reality is – like, like, a lot of places do these, like, what, postseason grades on, on, or, you know, season reviews when you look back. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. Because in the NFL, everything's pass-fail. Like, you either did what you were hoping you were going to do, you made it to the playoffs, you went on a run, you won the Super Bowl, you won the AFC, NFC, whatever the case may be, you won your division, or you didn't. And for Cleveland, 
it was a really big step back from what they were a year ago. You know, they were a playoff team. They beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Like, they took a huge stride for this organization since they came back in 99. And this year they took almost a step back. I mean, maybe two steps back, depending on how you look at it. But there was a lot of, you know, extenuating circumstances with COVID, with injuries, you know, uh, even with a coaching staff not being able to be a part of it. So there's, there's reasons for that, and I understand, you know, every team deals with that. But they probably dealt with a little bit worse this season. So, like, I kind of see the whole thing of what's going on. I just think the timing of this, and Jonas had kind of pointed this out, is really interesting as to when he's decided now to say, all right, enough's enough. Like, what is one more game in trying to ride this thing out with your teammates and with your guys? But if you feel like, hey, there's no point in it because we don't have any postseason aspirations now, let Case Keenum have a week to prepare and give him a shot, so be it. I just, I would hope that you'd want to try to go out on a better note than what we saw the last two games. And I think, look, I, I like Baker Mayfield probably more than a lot of people, and I do think he gets hammered by a lot of people in the media, maybe too much so, because he's shown that he can be bothered by it and he'll bite well, back. He brings it on himself. Oh, I, mean, yeah, like, I, agree. I like him too. I think he should be the long-term guy, but he does bring a lot of this on himself. I, I totally agree. But that being said, I mean, this was Baker Mayfield post-game, and if you were to tell me after these comments, what do you think he's going to do for the regular season finale, I would just assume he was going to play based on these comments following Monday's game at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's not going to always be pretty or smooth, but um, I'm a fighter. Uh, if anybody ever questions how much I want it, just turn on this tape. Uh, it was pretty, but I kept going, kept swinging. Um, that's who I am, and that's what I continue to be. Um, that's how I've always been. So I'm just a little surprised why he decided he didn't want to play. Again, I, I, I think that you could use the logic the totally opposite direction, right? It doesn't it doesn't always have to be cynical or in 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 the approach of it you you can look at it from the standpoint of he again he has wrote, written it out with his guys they have written it out together and wrote it out together and 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 for what it's worth where they're at right now who knows what the internal conversations are right let's get you ready for for next season you know if they were if they were in a position where i mean i guess now that doesn't really matter but, I mean, in years past, you, you have guys that they rest up on, on the last week before the playoffs, and they don't play until they get into the first round. If you're saying that this is and, – and for what it's worth, I mean, let's let's look at it at face value on this. If you're thinking that he's, he's your – which we don't know if Cleveland's thinking this yet or not, but if you're thinking this is your franchise quarterback, a week does matter. It does matter to, to to get everything going, to get the process, the road of recovery uh, and, and being repaired. It does matter. And, and so if you're looking at him and you're valuing him as your franchise guy, then that's something that I would assume internally everybody is aware of that. I would assume, you know, Miles Garrett and, and the rest of these guys, Juice and all those guys realize how much pain the dude is in and how much he's pushing to get through. I mean, when when I did the game against Detroit, Cleveland versus Detroit, and I did the interviews with him, you know, the way that those those players talked about Baker Mayfield, I mean, Juice Landry said that he would he wouldn't he would wouldn't rather play for another quarterback other than Baker Mayfield, which is to me is high praise. You know I mean look, I love that. It's a great sentiment and statement. He's his quarterback now. 
You put his ass with Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers. Oh, oh, I could dig. Yeah. Oh, of I mean, course. Come on. Yeah, of course. I mean, come you, on, know, son. you know, I, I get where, I, I get that too, but you're I mean, the most but, beautiful but, woman in the world. Uh, Halle Berry on line two. Sorry, uh, babe. We got to go. Well, like, she's getting a little older. Give me a, give me a different name. But uh, I'm with you. Sign here. I'm out. I, but, but again, for the thought of it in the moment, it seemed genuine. And, and if they caught up, hold on. Did you get caught up in that production meeting? Uh, I felt a little bad for them. (laughs) Listening to to the way they sounded and and the way that they were trying to make sense of things. I might've got a little caught up into it. If they could have played some soundtrack music underneath it, like it would have been like more of that, like soft orchestra. It would have been in E-N-Y-A. It would have been some like book of days, you know? Yeah. Was there anybody you were talking to that you were like, yeah, they're full of crap. I'm I'm a former player. I know how this goes. They're just not telling the truth. Coach, uh, Coach Wood. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say Coach Wood. Yeah. And he really wanted a Glenn. A Glenn wanted to really say some other things. I could tell he, he wanted to, you know. But but he just you know you you mask that with we just got to get better. You know that's when you, when you hear a coach when you hear a coach can't say anything really good and then at a certain point they say hey, you know we just got to get better that's code word for we stink <laughs> these dudes stink I don't, I got a bunch of stink and they've given me this to oh, maintain man. my job with us stinking you just have to find five minutes with the coach before the production meeting after the production meeting or on the field if you have a chance to go to practice or walk through. That's when the, like, you get the real info. And then, you know, as an analyst, especially talking on TV, you have to decide. Like, does it fit? Does it make sense? Should I even say this? Or how do I say this? Like, that's where you start to develop relationships with them where they can be a little bit more candid in the production meetings because they'll hear if you, like, out them about something that you said, but they're not going to trust everyone in that production meeting room. So it's not even about, like, the coach not trusting the analyst. It's more about other people sitting in the room. Because they know how TV works, and they know a lot of the you know producers, directors, other people involved, they'll talk. And if you say enough in those production meeting rooms and it gets out, you start to hear those rumor mills, you know it's not coming from the analyst. It's usually coming from the other people who are involved you know, around the production of that game. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. In case you might have missed this show over the past uh, couple of months, we've been trying to tell you uh, that the armpit fart of the NFL is the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> they can try and uh, pin it on uh, Urban Meyer, and we got to get rid of Herb. He's the problem. And they can have a, a he nerdy... He became the fall guy. Huh? Oh, of course, yeah. He was, he was the fall guy. It was like Chris Carter at the uh, Rookie Symposium. They years thought ago. he was going to be the fall guy. Yeah. Kind of backfired on him And then all of, a, all of a sudden, we approach... Uh, Week 18 in the NFL, and uh, it, as it turns, uh, according to the Associated Press, there was a report that came out, uh, Mark Long of the Associated Press, who says that some Jaguars fans are planning to dress up as clowns for this Sunday's finale against the Indianapolis Colts. So we're going to have an old-fashioned clown out. Back in the day, it was uh, the brown paper bags over the faces at New Orleans Saints game. They call them the Aints. Uh, Brady Quinn, the Jacksonville Jaguars are taking it up a notch. We're going to get clowns at whatever the hell that stadium is with swimming pools in the top deck. How about that? Apparently, the clowns are also going to have the signature mustache that is donned by Shad Khan just to represent. That's actually who... They are referring to as a clown. Oh, um, man. So kind of interesting. I mean, look, this team outside of one miracle run 
thanks to playoff Leonard Fournette and an unbelievable defense to the AFC Championship game. Outside of that one miracle season, aberration, whatever you want to call it, they haven't been anything close to that. And a lot of it has to do, again, with Shad Khan, you know, overseeing all of this. And I think really uh, falling victim to what a lot of owners fall victim to. They make their money in some other industry, and then they buy an NFL franchise or a sports franchise and a team, and they think that they can just, you know, have success because they've got a ton of money. And it, and it always strikes me as odd because, for the most part, a, a lot of the lessons or ways that these owners made their money, if they even made it, if they're not inheriting it, right, it was the fundamentals and things that, like, they're not applying to the NFL franchise. And, and that's where they kind of fall apart and go wrong. So the reality is, for Shad Khan, you know, he's lucky he's not in a bigger market. If, can you imagine if this team moved to London – the amount of flack he would take if they were as bad as they have been since he's taken over as owner. I mean, it would be it would be a bloodbath in that sports media market considering, like, the buttons, you know, they push over there across the pond. But it, it's, it's tough to watch this, and it's tough even more just to listen to all the media that, again, you want to make Urban Meyer the scapegoat. You, you know, once he leaves, you see just even how bad this team is even without him, and I feel terrible for Trevor Lawrence because at the end of the day, he is one of the most draftable prospects we had ever seen in that number one overall position, and he is thrusted into a bad organization that's ultimately going to eat away at what he can truly be as a player and as a talent in the NFL, and it's a sad, sad deal. And it happens all too often, and you know what? It'll just be moving on. Here's another sad story of a can't miss prospect that missed. <laughs> it's, it just happens way too often, and that's that's just the reality of what pro football, you know, pro sports in general, you know, it presents. I mean, think about this: they were less than three minutes away. There was under three minutes to go at Foxborough in the AFC title game. They had a lead in, to go to the Super Bowl. That was less than four years ago. What the hell happened? I mean, and that that roster, had to, you had Jalen Ramsey and, and studs, as Brady pointed, Leonard Fournette, and, and there was a play that was missed by Leonard Fournette in that game. But if you would have said, hey, less than four years from now, uh, Urban Meyer will have come and gone, Jalen Ramsey and all those superstars are gone. Oh, and by the way, in the regular season finale, uh, fans are going to dress up like clowns with a Shad Khan mustache and show up to the game. People would have thought you were crazy. That's what a disaster this team has been. And and, and just to see it play, that's why... I'm fascinated to see who they end up with as a coach. Like, like, what, like, what, what is the direction they're going to take here? And and Trent Balky, the report is he's safe, but I, I don't oh, know how yeah. you're not looking at this entire thing going. That's, this is a problem. That's our, that's the other part of the frustration, right? Is that they're keeping Balky as a part of it. I think the fans are wise to his track record and just how this whole thing has run, and the fact that I mean he survived the last regime. He was the holdover from the last regime, and and maybe you know that's. If you asked Urban Meyer, one of the mistakes he made was keeping Trent Baalke in place and not having someone that he could bring in that he trusted that wasn't going to kneecap him or you know talk behind his back to force what happened earlier this season. So, I mean, that's, that's part of the frustration, too, I think, for the fans is, is leaving someone in place 
that you know how all these leaks got out. You know how all this stuff came out. It's not that hard to figure out where the source was, where it was coming from. And, and that's the hard thing about any organization. When you have that sort of dysfunction going on, you have to just start over and wipe clean. Yeah. And it's unfortunate for a lot of the people who are a part of that organization that get caught up in it. But that's the reality is you've got to just wipe the whole thing clean, build back up, and give some of these young, talented players, Trevor Lawrence in particular, a guy like Josh Allen, LaVisca Chenault, whoever you want to talk about, James Robinson. You know, you can throw in a bunch of these young players. They've got talent there. But you've got to give them a shot and a chance and you're not with the way this organization is operate, operating right now. So good for the fan base there in Jacksonville. I just wish there was more than, you know, 40 people doing this. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge showing. It's kind of like, remember they were trying to get Tebow? They were trying to get the Jaguars to sign Tebow yeah. like way back when, and they had like 10 people standing outside the stadium. It was, it was a huge rally, but, you know, that was that was the kind of drumming up support they really got for it. <laughs> well, it's the old, uh, the old trick in uh, professional wrestling. They call it papering the arena, where when you know you can't draw a lot of people, you just give out, give out a bunch of free tickets to make oh, sure yeah. it looks like it's more uh, full than it actually is. I mean, they ought to try that. Just start giving out some free tickets. Paper that stadium. Get or people it, out there. It's all about the, the camera angles. I mean, you can make 10 That's a good people point. look like a lot of people. When you get close-ups, you get them kind of like bunched in together and they're all yelling really in the camera and then you actually pan out and you're like, oh, this is just a technical And Bobby, let me ask you this because you live in Florida. Jacksonville, what's the humidity like this time of year uh, and how's that clown makeup going to feel uh, if they're dressed up uh, like uh, they're at the circus with a shotgun mustache? Oh, no, no, mustache. it'll be perfect outside. Okay. Like this time of year, it is why you live in Florida at any port. It, it actually might be pro- – if I had to guess, I'd say it's like 72 up there. For game day, it would be perfect weather for it. But Jacksonville is much different than where you're at, Brady. I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it ain't that different this time of year. I mean, that's, that's it, like Atlanta. I'll look at the extended forecast, and, and I'll tell you right now, it'll be beautiful weather up there for what Sunday? Yeah, perfect yeah. for a clown out, man. I'm into right, it. The like, high uh, on Sunday in Jacksonville is 78 degrees. The low is 62. That actually is perfect football yeah. weather. I'm not lying it's, to you. Like, this is why you live in Florida this time of year is for the weather across the entire state. It is beautiful. It's nice. Perfect for football weather. Or if you want to don a clown costume and yeah. put a bunch of makeup on a fake mustache, this will be the time of year to really come out and do it. Week eighteen of the NFL and season. Now, do you wear? Do you? What do you have on? What can, is considered a clown costume? Because you can't have just the paint and the wig. Like you've got to have a rubber nose. You got to right. have the you shoes. You got to have the onesie. Yeah. yeah. Is it a onesie? Is that it's what they like, go with? Like a, a unitard? What, what do they call that? It's like it, a onesie, and sometimes you white you, gloves. You, you had like the the collar that that fluffs out or you, or you have the jacket you know i know yeah. but it's all right. got to be shiny you know can, that's a good point be shiny uh, I, uh do you have to have any like props like do you have to have one of those things that say, goes, yeah, yeah. No. The, the little horn what about, yeah. what about yeah. homie the clown homie the clown had that had uh, sock. that sock i mean yeah. you could bring one of those homie and have some fun the clown. Uh, this is making me think of it though don't mess around yeah, yeah. i mean movie. yeah yeah beep beep richie um, yeah. Now here's this is going to watch the scary movie. Let's see if Brady has uh, heard any of the conversations that I've had with the in-laws uh, while on the phone. Brady, what? How do you say clown in uh, Spanish? Uh, you would say payaso. There it is. Uh, there's my guy right there. You don't know how I know that, Lavar. Basically, Jonas calls me a payaso uh, four times a week. Right. Oh, That's, wow. uh, it's just yeah. a fun word. I'll pay attention. You say it to me, I'll punch you in your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'll pay attention to you guys. Hey, and, and by the way. That. 
that. Aren't you more excited to watch that Jags game now? Because I know there's like this uh, this you know thing out there where it's like, well, you know, if the Jags win that game and the Raiders and Chargers end in a tie, uh, they could yeah. just end in a tie and both go to. The, that's not happening. All right, so let's not even have a, a fake conversation. What if the Jags beat the Colts? Yeah, like come on, well, man. Yeah, because the Colts have to win to get in. I it, mean, it, it's it, it's dumb. It is dumb, but it would be amazing though if it did somehow happen. And then you you looked at the Chargers and Raiders. They just looked at each other. And they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna kneel the whole time." That'd yeah. be wonderful. That would, I mean. It would be amazing to see, just to ensure they both get in. I would be curious though, like what the seating would look like in that case. I don't even know. I haven't even. I, well, it, I mean, it would make sense. It would make the most sense to have it play out that way, if they would have to play each other again in the first round of the wild card round. But they couldn't in that case because they'd both be wild cards. So obviously they'd be they'd be positioned to play someone else. See, I, I just, I'm more excited to watch the Jags game now that I know people are going to dress up like that. So whatever it is, a uh, hell of a hype job for the uh, well, Jaguars. Who knew it was going to take this? What's that? I mean, that should be part of our over-unders. I'm just I, well, I mean, I'm into it. Who knows? It could be on Knox Locks as well, too, which is on a torrid pace, oh, uh, which, by the way, you can hear that every Saturday morning here at Fox Sports here Radio. Go. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup. Sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. There are some good things that happen, and there's some bad, and then there's some downright ugly things. It's time for Good, Bad, and Ugly. And the good, the bad, the ugly this week is brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. And for the good this week, uh, LeVar Arrington, what do we got? I'm going with we're, we're almost there five days away from the national championship game. And we're talking about all these coaches, so I'm going with the good. Nick Saban, uh, somewhere close to this this time, this day, 15 years ago, flew into Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You made the comment, what? Worked out pretty good. Uh, yeah, it worked out pretty worked well Worked out so pretty far. good. So I'll say that it's worked out pretty good. And whether win or lose, which, man, if he wins another one, I mean, it, the, the gap gets so much bigger. So the good – Nick Saban, great for for college football. great coach. One of the best ever, so I'm going with Nick Saban. Uh, I've got the bad this week. Uh, my bad goes to the bad takes that were floating around after the uh, college football playoff games. Brady and I talked about this yesterday. The idea that just because we had a couple of blowouts means that we shouldn't expand the playoffs is one of the dumbest takes that I've heard in a long time. Uh, it's like the NCAA tournament. If the Final Four involved two blowouts, nobody's going, well, we should scrap all the other games. No, the opening round games are what people get excited about. Listen, 
uh, some of these uh, lower seeds may not have a chance, but they might have a chance against each other. And the idea that we're just going to dismiss the entire uh, playoff expansion because of it doesn't make any sense. It's a bad take. There's too much money involved. That's also a, a factor in all this. Uh, so that is my bad for the week. Uh, Brady Quinn has got the ugly this week. I've got the ugly, and, and I could go a lot of different directions. I mean, look, it was ugly the way Antonio Brown left the New York, uh, excuse me, left the Tampa Bay Bucks when they're playing the New York Jets. Well, I mean, that's what we assume, although he's still technically on a roster right now. He's living pretty, but this thing could get ugly, especially considering some of the information coming out about the fact that he's got an ankle that needs surgery, at least according to one specific surgeon that's speaking out on his behalf. So things could get ugly there in Tampa. Things could get ugly in New York, too. I feel like we're getting to a point where Joe Judge, well, he said, hey, if we go out there and we lay an egg, I deserve to be booed. It could get pretty ugly then for a Giants team that kind of already packed it in, it seems like, for the season, maybe for Joe Judge as well. But really, finally, I think in Jacksonville, that's where things are going to get ugly. It's going to be interesting to see how Shad Khan handles what is going to be a quote-unquote clown show that's showing up this week for their season finale versus the Indianapolis Colts. Many fans of which donning clown costumes, (laughs) T-shirts, which have his signature mustache as a part of that. So in Jacksonville, really in the NFL, it's going to get ugly for a lot of teams in Week 18. Now, do you guys think that some of these players on these bad teams have already planned vacations for after this uh, Sunday's game? A hundred percent. Already, like that's go. not even that's not even debatable. <laughs> ready already, bu- already booked, ready to go, already packed, booked. ready, ready to rock. Done. Right, good for them. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Right now, uh, everybody, we roll out the red carpet in your ears and we welcome in the great Petros Papadakis. Uh, he was not with us last week. We missed him oh, dearly. The old P uh, on AM570 LA Sports with Matt Money Smith, uh, Fox college football analyst yeah. and a show favorite. Petros, how are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, here hey. he is. <laughs> What's going on, bro? Happy New Year. How we feel? Everything's Happy New good. Year. Happy New Year. I looked up Mark Morrison because yeah. uh, that reminded me of that song. And I didn't know this. He's a British performer from uh, Barbadian Parents. Oh, nice. Born in West Germany. Uh, oh. he, he did have three big singles in the UK off that album in 96, uh, mm. other than Return of the Mac. Mm. He had uh, Trippin' on that album. <laughs> Horny. Oh, wow. And moan and groan. Oh, wow. They would all reach the UK top 10, making him the first artist in British pop history to have five top 10 hits from a debut Horny is something we can all relate to. Well, I'm sure he had a great tour day. Now, now, how about this? He's had a lot of legal issues. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Uh, Oh, no. Running around with a gun in England is... uh, Bad news. They're they're all illegal. Yeah, they, they'd much rather you carry a knife. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, oh, a lot of Jesus. Knife, they do have a lot, a lot of knife deaths. Oh, You're right, God. Brady. A, a lot of stabbing deaths in the UK. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but here's <laughs> he the best. Honest. He was in a fight where somebody died, and the, usually that's because oh, of a uh, usually that's because of a knife. And he paid somebody while he was doing community service a lookalike to run around and perform Return of the Mac and shared the profits, and he got in trouble for that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Pretty good. 
I didn't know about it's that. Like, I like kind of like a things. Millie Vanilli situation. Kind of, sort of. It sounds like some of these coaches too paying somebody to look like them going hold around on, trying hold to on. coach. Oh, Petros, wow. if, oh. hey Petros, if you could find a doppelganger, someone who looked, or even clone yourself. I, would you clone yourself or find someone just like you to step in for you for a few days a week doing radio? Just like me? <laughs> exactly. I Hard mean, to find. We're, we're talking multiplicity here. We're talking about if you could clone yourself. How about oh, that? Oh, oh, okay. And just like make somebody service your wife and all that. Well, oh, I didn't say that. Yeah. Jesus. Well, that's in the movie. Jesus. I, I don't want oh, that. No. It's in the movie. No. I don't know what you guys want. You know, from you me. look up Mark no. Morris and all of a sudden, you just know, the shows. you start tripping. Yeah, you're watching. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know I was capable of that. Clone <laughs> you just for the shows or maybe play you in a game of chess, but not, not, you know, not the bedroom. You guys have seen Young Frankenstein. You know, he must have, <laughs> he must have an enormous schwanz. Stucker. <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, I, I don't know. I I, I kind of uh, I'm just dealing with being myself, Brady. I mean, these are scenarios that aren't happening. I don't. You want me to clone myself? Yeah. I think you're so great. We need more than one of you. Yeah. That's what I think. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with you. A lot of the Rams, <laughs> the Rams' wives have taken up arms against me. Have you seen this? No. no. Why? Tell us. I don't this know. Uh, Matt Stafford's wife is really mad at me. Why? Really mad at me. Uh, went on a whole crazy uh, podcast rant about me, about something I said on Fred's show, which I, I don't even remember what I said. Uh, what did you say? The great Fred Rogan. I don't know. And uh, she got mad that I didn't call him Matthew because I guess that's what they want yeah, to call him. Yeah, you can't call him Matt. Oh, well, I know God some people sakes. that moved to different neighborhoods and they kind of wanted to change their name, you know, yeah. to sound more bougie. I yeah. mean, I called some Lions games and I called him Matt then. I feel like, does, do I not have like, am I, am I grandfather claused in? Well, when you're in Detroit, it's okay to say Matt oh. because he wants, you know, I, I remember a lady who moved to a nicer neighborhood well, that lived next door to us when we were kids. And she, her name was Debbie, and then she moved to the other neighborhood, and her name was then Deborah. Oh, okay. Right? So mm-hmm. I, I understand trying to reinvent yourself when you come to L.A. He's not the first guy. But the, that wife got all mad at me and went on a, a, a some kind of podcast rant, and then the uh, Whitworth's wife got after me on Twitter on Sunday night. I saw mm. that. Yeah, and said that I was stupid and I don't know what I'm talking about, which is all f- true. Uh, so, so uh, that and, and then a couple years ago, my old friend Johnny Hacker got mad at me uh, and got after me on the Twitter. Uh, that was the what the hell did you say? I mean, who I don't knew? know. These Rams are hey. really, you know. I think they they are used to St. Louis and everybody just like giving them a new room massage. And they came out here to uh, Los Angeles. And it don't work that way. It's a little bit different. There's people that, that, that don't really feel like they need to compliment you 24-7 to keep their job. I mean, who knew that the challenge with Fred Rogan was such a uh, hotbed of controversy? You know, it's always been eggs. that way. I had a high school coach sue me for slander once because I said because <laughs> I said they had popcorn muscles or something. <laughs> what do I care? Sue you for slander? Well, yeah, I sent him a two-word response. But <laughs> is, that, is that a real thing now? Like, well, I mean, anybody could send a letter threatening to sue anybody for anything. Well, yeah, uh, Leiter threatened to sue me a couple times. <laughs> uh, now your Rich co-workers. Eisen has. Yeah, hey, now, hey, now your coworkers, Petros. Yes, we are. Uh, Rich Eisen has threatened to sue me a why, few times. Why did Eisen threaten to sue you? Something I said about his wife. Oh man. Well. well, she wasn't oh, broadcasting, and she kept bringing her dog to USC practice, and it bothered me. 
You're a cold piece, Pop. <laughs> I mean, Why you bring I, your dog to I, practice hey, where people... I mean, that's true. It's a good point. You, you want to know how to never get back on Rich Eisen's show? I said, like, one joke about Michigan to him. I've never been asked to come back on since. Oh, he's like, a literally. huge bitch. <laughs> 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 but our industry is filled with self-important people like that. Mm. You know, I mean, if you think about it, these are people that grew up practicing in the mirror, saying things like, welcome back. <laughs> I, I practice... Also, I practiced in the mirror, Pops. Yeah, getting swole. Well, yeah, that is true. But uh, the well, other thing about Rich Eisen. Well, American Psycho. Is, you know what? It always it always gives me a little bit of a, yeah. It always gives me a little bit of a uh, of pause when it says in a guy's resume that he's a former comedian. You know? <laughs> like he's somehow no longer funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. And by the way, P, if you're going to be at uh, Radio Row for the Super Bowl this year, and I hope you are because I know how much you'll hate it. I think um, I'm going to be forced to do that. Yes, yeah. but uh, I'm going to lobby so hard against it, and I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to make uh, concessions and and really negotiate with Don Martin to try uh, to avoid it because I hate. There's nothing I hate more than my colleagues in sports. Every, mm. Everything you loathe about sports media that you've just described is going to be there at Radio Row. Oh, yeah. I, I just I don't want to see myself <laughs> in St. Louis. You know what I mean? Mm. Because what the guy that does what I do in St. Louis, like, it, 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 it shakes me to the core. He wears a, a, a polo that says, like, the ticket, the beast, the fan or something on it. It's the all bacon. Torch. Yeah, the, the, it's all bacon necked. You know, the, the, the collar is because he's washed it a thousand times because yeah. oh, he wears it to every event. Dockers. And, it, you know, they just they 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 all like clamor to do the Troy Aikman interview. And half the interview is he's promoting like Washington apples. <laughs> I like Washington apples at one point in my life. We all like apples, LeVar, yeah. but the, the promotion. Now, you've done this, I'm sure. Like, they give you something to promote, and you just go around Radio Row talking about it, right, yes. from show LeVar's to show. LeVar's talking about the yeah. shop, though. That's what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. I like it is a drink. good shot. It, it is, is a good, good drink, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a shot. What about you, Brady? What do you go around promoting? I know you've done it. Uh, yes. I'll, I'll say this. The, um, one of the last times I went to Radio Row, uh, I wasn't promoting. I think when I was working, I got to do shots with Emmett Smith of his tequila, and I was like, this ain't that bad of a job, right? If, oh, like, that was if you Miami, take, right? Yeah, if you get to take shots uh, while you're I working, don't know. it's such a douche fest. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't, I don't disregard that. I mean, and, and I'll be honest, I literally the most unprofessional moment in probably my life was when, because there was the, all all these setups, right? Like it is kind of a crazy, crazy deal. At least it, pre-COVID, it used to be, right? And there's all these people everywhere, and these, I think it was like the the I don't know, it wasn't Victoria's Secrets, but it's like the SI, like swimsuit models. All these, these girls came by, um, just gorgeous, like the most beautiful chicks on the planet. And I was just like, wow. And for like five minutes, I was like trying to figure out why they're there, what they were doing. And apparently they had a show. And so I, I didn't say anything for about five minutes on radio sitting there. We had a guest, and I just completely was fixated on like what was happening and trying to figure out that situation. <laughs> And, so, and I was just like, and at some point I snapped out of it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually working right now. <laughs> but that's like Radio Row. It's, like, it's, a, it's a spectacle. It's a circus. It's Everywhere horrible. you look, there's something. It is. It's it is horrible. horrible. You know but what it is? There are some good parts. It's the, no, they're not. It's the equivalent <laughs> of a, 
it's the equivalent of a uh, of a wedding that has a cash bar, and then they do a money dance. You know? Oh yeah. Like I, that's what Radio Row is. And I, I, God, you know, I hate weddings. Yeah, I hate everybody. Uh, <laughs> but George anyway. rushed to do his during COVID, just so he got the right one. 100%. Yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't know he was married. I, uh, <laughs> I just thought he did radio know. all day. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, I, I despise too. the Super Bowl, and it's coming to L.A., and I'm afraid that I'm going to have to be more involved than I normally am, and I... I am uh, already trying to find angles to get out of it. Maybe LeVar can be me. I could say he had cloned myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this whole COVID thing, man, I just, I, you know, I might not be able to go. Yeah, you know? yeah, I could do that. Yeah, right. Let's work yeah. this angle. Double mask. Yeah. Who's who's that guy? I don't know. I mean, you got to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right? Asthmat there suit. you go. But you got to think about it. It's 537. We're almost done. Uh, who's going to be on Radio Row while we're there? Well, that's the thing. Everybody, you know, like you guys will be very busy on Radio Row. That's the thing. My show not at five thirty-seven a.m. Matt, yeah, no, no, no. Because you think about it, it's 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 eight thirty-seven a.m. everywhere else. So all the shows, oh yeah, are going to be right. on every morning show in the country. Yeah, I guess you're right. Is oh, going to be on. Yeah, it's I guess Matt you're right. and I, my, my radio partner and I, we sit there at the radio row and you know basically if you want to go do your show at the radio row and get anybody you have to go and tape the whole goddamn thing right because by three o'clock everybody's gone it's six o'clock on the east coast petros did you uh uh did you do a game with matt money smith did i see that did you yeah on sunday how about uh, that daniel jeremiah got covid again so i was on vacation in the desert driving back from the boomers listening to my son and wife argue about backmarker racing in the go-kart. She got really mad when my son wouldn't let her through. I was surprised. I didn't know my wife was like, racer X. <laughs> she was really pissed. Like, she was trying to run him off a cliff, like Speed Racer, where people just die. You know, that's a funny thing in Speed Racer. Like, ten people would die per race, and it'd just be like, no one cared. Nobody cared. It's just, only with a Speed Racer that gets infected. <laughs> That's it. He ran uh, everybody off them cliffs. But yeah, Don Martin called me and said, "My man, I wanted to wish you a happy new year." <laughs> but that's not why I'm calling. <laughs> so uh, out to Don. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't screw it up bad enough the first time they asked me to do it. But you know, I I had never been. You why did you just sound just like him though? Like, oh, we do a lot of those. Oh my god! Give me a little more, Don. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's about. The three of you working together. That's the magic, my mind. It's a little early for me to really. Oh, I'm a grandfather, my mind. Oh, uh, man. Uh, it, is, it is so spot on. And there's probably, there's probably like five or six people that, that get the joke and the tone. Uh, but it, we, take, our, we take our word for it. That is exactly. That is spot on. Oh, Ra- radio executive Don Martin. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Our, our boss, a.k.a. our boss. Yeah. That's right, my man. Don't you forget it. I just got a new title. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, yes, he did. So Don called me, and, he, and uh, it was nice of them. I had never been. Uh, to and it's easy to work with Matt. Obviously, we've been doing uh, so. Doing a game with a guy you work with for four hours a day for fifteen years is a little different than you know having to go do a game with uh, I don't know Jason Benet Benetetti or whatever <laughs> you know who I've never met. <laughs> but uh, I will say this: I had never been to a regular season NFL game before in my life. Huh? 
and I had only been to two preseason games previously. So the thing that trips me out about the NFL, like when you're watching the game and the whole field is there, you know, like when you're in the stadium, I should say, uh, man, there is nowhere to go. There is nowhere to go in an NFL game <laughs> with the way the hash marks are placed. It's just uh, it's so different from college football with the mm. lack of space out there. And the level of play is just excellent. You know, mm. I mean, it's really uh, it really is a, a great product. There's no doubt about it. But I prefer the college game and the chaos and the anger. Can I just ask you one quick question before we let you go? Because I I would love your perspective on everything that happened with AB. I mean, it's obviously continuing to unfold. But I want what was your gen or what was your initial reaction to what took place? I was not surprised, but I played with a volatile wide receiver in college. Uh, Keyshawn, were you with? No, Keyshawn? no, he wasn't. No, he's it was RJ Sauer. RJ, uh, RJ, RJ uh, Sauer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's you know, my he's my year. RJ Sauer came out in two thousand, right? I think. Yeah, we played a year without him. I, I played yeah. like three years with him. Yeah, me and R- I know R.J. Sauer. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I you know, go and, ahead. Uh, and, and R.J.'s a great guy, and I liked him when we played together. But, uh, you know, those guys can be detrimental or destructive to a team. We've seen it throughout the years. Uh, there's a lot between a wide receiver, no matter how good they are, and the football. Uh, there's the quarterback that's got to throw it straight. There's the, the line's got to block it right. They got to call the play. Uh, you got to be in the progression. You know all those things that go into these guys getting the ball, and it's become. And they don't pay their dues physically on a down in and down out basis. I think you guys would agree with that, right? Yeah. Like I mean, they, they don't, don't play, get hit every play. No, not like people in the box. Right. So they have a tendency to be a little bit more cocky than others because they haven't been humbled over and over and over again. I don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown. He's obviously uh, – maybe he has some issues. Maybe he's just a difficult personality. I'm not sure. But I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised. I hadn't seen anything like that before. But for some reason, I wasn't surprised. What surprises me is what's happened in the aftermath. I guess they tried to kick him off the team, but now he's not. Right. It's they got to figure it out. Injury uh, stuff out there, and yeah, it feels. Oh, like so now the out. union's going to be involved, and yeah, he might skate gotta, again oh, yeah. on this. Yeah. Oh yeah, unions gotta always got to get involved. You know how that works. Yeah. yeah well, I don't know. Uh, I I mean, I, it's a major distraction to a football team, but in 2022, what isn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, if it happened in our day. We talk about it every day for the rest of our lives, right? <laughs> but I don't want to sit around here like Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard and sound like an idiot talking about how the way things used to be. Yeah. I mean, when we played, you are there, funny. There weren't billion-dollar TV deals. Coaches didn't make eight million dollars a year. Players couldn't transfer without being penalized. I mean, it's a different time in football. So I don't want to sound like an old man yelling at a cloud. I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown's got some kind of mental issue, though. Because um, I do, and I can recognize it in others. <laughs> Get him on Twitter, <laughs> at the old P. Uh, everybody got it over the last 10 to 12 minutes here oh, on Fox man. Sports Radio. Uh, Petros, uh, great having you back. A happy new year. Uh, let's do it again next week. Uh, yeah, I'll still be here. I hope I'm around.